steps into it. Pass is caught. Diggs! Sideline! Touchdown! Unbelievable! Vikings win it! to the Unbelievable Podcast. I am BJ Rydell, back here with my guy, Drew Holt, and today we are taking a look at the first week of NFL free agency as it pertains to your Minnesota Vikings. Uh, it's been a somewhat eventful week, which uh, kind of got kicked off with the Kirk Cousins uh, extension, which of course will unfortunately be the basis of the show once again, uh, given that the fact that Kirk Cousins is is our lives kind of revolve around this guy right now as it pertains to being a Vikings fan. So um, the decision to keep him around for at least one more year, um, employing a no trade clause into his contract, all these little details that came out are simply put going to change the overall structure of what this roster is going to look like this year and next season. So another Kirk Cousins episode on tap. Um, in addition to that, there's been a couple of a, a couple other free agent signings. A couple of guys have departed as well um, through free agency. Michael Pierce is no longer with the Vikings. His replacement, Harrison Phillips, has been brought in. Jordan Hicks, linebacker from the Arizona Cardinals, previously with the Philadelphia Eagles, also a Minnesota Viking as well. So we'll touch on those, touch on some things that the Vikings probably should do, um, and we'll kind of see how this thing develops. So I, I believe as of this recording, the Vikings are officially under the cap, which is good news because I think – they, uh, they're really bringing that down to the wire. Uh, but before we get started here, uh, let me just quick run through what we talked about last time we spoke, and that is of the sponsored event uh, for Climbing the Pocket, and that is at Lake Monster Brewing, the draft show party on the 29th from 5.30 to 10 p.m. That's in April, of course, during the draft. Um, come on down. Uh, there will be giveaways, great beer, good times. That's what the, that's what the notes say. I believe them when they say there's going to be some good times in there as well. Uh, they're also running a couple of promotions. If you keep an eye on my Twitter, uh, the climbing the pocket, Twitter, Drew's Twitter, um, the rest of the climbing the pocket team, they're running promos basically throughout the month. I, I know that they were just doing a giveaway for the March madness bracket. Uh, that was also sponsored through Lake monster brewing. So make sure to check that out. Keep on, keep uh, up to date with the team there and what they're doing. I know that they're doing a lot of fun stuff. And if you're a fan of beer, um, you can't really go wrong with Lake Monster. They got a lot of a great selection there. Uh, plenty of different options available to you, regardless of what type of beer you enjoy. So Lake Monster Brewing, April 29th, 530 to 10. That's the draft show through Climbing the Pocket. All right, let's get through. Let's get into it here. All right. So Kirk Cousins, um, he's quickly becoming the most polarizing figure in the state of Minnesota. Um, and I think mm -hmm. he already was up there, but I, it's, he's, he's, he's launched himself into number one. And if you've been on social media recently, it's not just Twitter. It's also Facebook too. This is, this is extended into, it's not just, you know, toxic atmospheres of Twitter. It's extended into all social media, whereas everyone cannot stop talking about Kirk Cousins. And why should you? Because he is the face of the franchise at this point. He's also getting paid the most money. Um, every decision that the Vikings make moving forward now will be around will be about surrounding him with the talent that he needs in order to be successful, because that's essentially the game plan that Kevin O'Connell and Quasi Adolfo Mesa have laid out is they've said by re-signing Kirk Cousins this season, that he is the guy he's going to be our, he's going to be our quarterback at least for this season. And we're going to try to win with him. 
I mean, I don't know what else to say about it. That's essentially what that extension says. Mm -hmm. That's the signal that they're sending. Yeah. And it's the unfortunate part for me anyway, is that uh, they have the no trade clause in there too, uh, which I believe takes into effect this year. Um, Someone can correct me on that, but we, so we, we've talked about all the reasons why we didn't think an extension was the right play. Um, You know, it it boils down to just, I, I don't know if, the change of regime is going to move the needle that much for Kirk Cousins. You know, That's we've a big seen question. year over year over year. Uh, it seems to be a team that floats around 500. 2019, you had you know the Vikings play like seven or eight backup quarterbacks, and they had a couple extra wins in the schedule. And then 2017 was prior to Kirk. So really, the rest of the se- or the rest of his tenure here, besides 2019, they've been floating around 500. And I, will a new regime, a new head coach? that is an offensive mind change that you're really gambling on it being yes. You're gambling on uh, Kevin O'Connell being a Sean McVay type of impact coach when he come in and do what, you know, basically, you know, what he did with Jared Goff in transforming that offense with the Rams right away. Those first two years, you're banking on O'Connell being that type of coach, uh, which is a lot of expectations to put on a, a young coach in his first season. And, you know, I, I think in some ways what McVeigh has done, what other first year head coaches have done, LaFleur and Green Bay a little bit, um, although the, you know, the issue there is he had Rodgers, uh, but a little different point, situation. the point stands is that you're, it's almost like, right. uh, you know, inflating what the expectation should be for a first year head coach exponentially. And, it, and it's yes. not fair to O'Connell and no. to expect him with this quarterback who's been I mean, literally is 500 for his career, which has spanned now a decade as a starter. It's it doesn't seem fair to me that they're doing this. And, and maybe and maybe, you know, if, if O'Connell really wanted this, I think we're still I think we don't really is. know who wanted what. If O'Connell wanted right. this, then all the power to him. It's just it's a risky move then for Kwesi as GM. And then, of course, the ownership to put their faith still in this quarterback who hasn't shown that he has that kind of. X factor ability to lift the team to wins, to be a winning squad uh, into the playoffs and beyond um, year over year in his career, no matter the circumstances. So we've talked a lot about Kirk cousins. I went on a long tangent in the last episode about how Kirk Cousins is a 500 quarterback. Right. And I'm sure everyone has seen it floating around and has been thinking it themselves. You know, we've seen teams throughout the last five, 10 years or so move on from 500 ish quarterbacks in favor of, better quarterbacks or a better opportunity, right? Which is what Drew and I advocated for on the last episode, right? Where were you talking about, you know, the idea Mm -hmm. of moving on from Alex Smith to Patrick Mahomes, which of course is a utopian idea. It doesn't happen to everyone. Andy Reid clearly struck lightning in a bottle and the rest is history, right? That's not going to happen for everyone. And I wouldn't expect that to happen as a Vikings fan, because let's be real. Vikings fans have never really had that good of luck. So um, there is that. Now, what this deal does, what this extension does is it gives Kirk Cousins one year to prove it, that he can be the guy that everyone outside after 10 years, by the way. So there's a reasonable sample size to say that this guy can't do it. And then someone's going to bring up Matthew Stafford. It's like, oh, he's a loser in Detroit, whatever. And then he goes to Los Angeles and wins a Super Bowl. It's the same type of situation. No, it's not. It's not the same type of situation because Matthew Stafford literally never had anything to work with outside of Calvin Johnson and Calvin Johnson up and retired because he had literally nothing to work with other than Matthew Stafford. So it's a much different situation, folks. Let's not let's not go there. Now, is there a possibility that Kirk Cousins is good enough 
with superior play calling, which is what you have to expect what Drew, as what Drew is alluding to. You have to expect that now from Kevin O'Connell, given the circumstances, because he probably was the one that was banging the table saying, I want to do Kirk Cousins for one year at least, and then if it doesn't work, we'll figure it out. Okay, he has some responsibility here. So the expectation is that he's going to bring in some level of superior play calling, some type of offensive system. We know what that system looks like. We don't necessarily know if it's going to work for Kirk Cousins. But is there, I guess my simple point is that, is there a reason to suggest it's possible? Yes, it is possible. There's always a reason. And I, that's the thing is I, I totally understand the, I guess, Kirk backers, you know, the, 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 the side, I mean, people well, that are really happy good about this sometimes. extension is yeah. there's so many reasons that you can talk yourself into him. And, and frankly, I was that person uh, for probably the first two and a half years two maybe almost three seasons now. I mean, through 2020, I was basically the guy who, did defend Kirk. And, you know, I was the, the Vikings fan who, uh, you know, I, I always saw the, 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 the upside to Kirk and I thought it was everything around him that was falling apart, things like that. But you just can't deny it after four seasons with the Vikings, he's had good defenses. He's had awesome weapons. He's had poor defenses. He's had, you know, he's had a lot on his side. I mean, he's had one of the best running backs in the NFL during that entire stretch. He's had all of that, at his disposal and the results are still one season with double digit wins and one no zero NFC North championships, uh, NFC North titles. So, and that's where, and again, I, this is going to be a bit of a tangent, a bit of a different discussion, but since we've covered everything else over Kirk in the past two or three episodes, we've basically covered every angle there is to cover with Kirk cousins. I think there's also a larger conversation to be had here about ownership and the Vikings and the approach that they take, uh, because it seems to be over and over. You hear that they don't want to rebuild. They don't, they want to stay competitive. They want to stay relevant. I think that's potentially the core issue here is trying to stay relevant, stay competitive when, I mean, it, it's, it's like you're in denial of what this roster and what this regime looks like and what Kirk cousins is. And so this, this ownership. And again, I, I, this is speculation on my part. I could be completely wrong, but it seems like they are more worried about every year being kind of in the playoff picture. Maybe get in there. You sell some tickets, you sell some merchandise, you keep the fans interested for the entire 17 week season or 17 game season. And then if you don't make that super bowl run, that's fine. We were relevant the whole year. Right. And the, uh, the opposite approach to that would be, you know, what these, some, a lot of other NFL teams are doing under NFL franchises are they're taking their chances. If you swing and miss, you try again. And that's kind of where I want my franchise to be headed with the approach of trying to swing for the fences as many times as you can, but the Vikings are refusing to take those swings. They're kind of trying to just survive at the plate and go for a walk essentially. And I don't love that approach myself. Yeah. I'd rather hit dingers personally. Right. I'm definitely with you on that. I mean, so you look at you look at kind of the situation that the Wilfs have is essentially trickled down to Quasey and Kevin O'Connell. And that is exactly what Drew's stating. Like, I mean, this team is always exciting, right? Like Drew and I have never complained about the level of excitement or entertainment that this team is going to provide. The unfortunate truth is that that entertainment value expires in January as opposed to February, where every single Vikings fan that I know. It, that's all they care about 
is playing in February, and that's the Super Bowl, of course. So it's like a disconnect between the Wilfs and their fans almost, where it's like, yeah, of course we want to be relevant in December. We want to see our name on the, in the Hunt graphic. And honestly, I don't even want to see my name on the, in the Hunt graphic. I want to see my name on top of the division and not even in that conversation. I'd rather be in than in the Hunt. And it doesn't seem like the Wilfs, to some degree, they don't seem to care whether it's – as long as you're good. They don't care how good. That's kind of what, the impression that I've gotten. And is there anything reported on that? Nah, but like, you know, that's a situation that where you kind of have to start inferring at some point, because it's like, why, why else? I mean, it's two consecutive regimes of basically the same type of strategy, right? We've seen literally what the Vikings have done in free agency for so far this year. We got defensive tackle linebacker. I mean, what were the first two signings last year? Uh, defensive tackle mm-hmm. linebacker. Like it's, it's like they it's like they understand how to be good, but not how to be great. And that's not necessarily any individual's fault, but it falls ultimately on ownership, executives and head coaches. So what can you do? Like, what should you have done here? Like, yeah, you didn't need to keep Kirk Cousins around, especially with what's happened, what's developing in Cleveland right now. What's been developing in Carolina, whoever swings and misses on Deshaun Watson is going to need a quarterback. Like there were options, folks. Kirk Cousins did not need to be a Viking. And that's what's so frustrating is that if you believe Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback, cool. I'm with you on that. I think he's also a good quarterback. If you believe that Kirk Cousins is a great quarterback, I probably disagree because greatness isn't just being good for moments where I do think Kirk Cousins has some of tremendous moments where pinpoint accuracy, downfield throwing can't beat it. But sustained excellence is what greatness is defined as for the quarterback position in the NFL. And Kirk Cousins has simply never done that. It's been 10 years. It's the ultimate gamble for Kevin O'Connell to walk into this office, having worked with this guy before and gotten inferior results, and say, I can take this dude to the next level. And in theory, him playing even better, it's going to take this entire organization to the next level when the roster around Kirk Cousins is not even constructed to be in Super Bowl contention. Yeah, it's it's, it's not close. It's not close. It's not close. And that's where I, I'm concerned because I could see, and I actually respect and admire uh, uh, Kevin O'Connell having maybe the confidence or maybe the savvy after having just done this with Stafford, where yeah. Stafford was that guy who couldn't win anything, uh, always had, you know, never had a playoff win or, or anything like that with Detroit. And then he goes to the Rams with O'Connell and McVeigh, of course, but and wins a Super Bowl. And I can see how O'Connell's like, yeah, I can do this. I know how to win now. I had just was on that staff. Sure. But the larger problem here is that, you know, the Ross, I mean, Kirk clearly needs a superb, sublime, elite roster to win a playoff game based on how things are going. Uh, because in 2019, it took overtime against the Saints with a roster that was very solid, right? The 2019 Vikings roster was very solid. Defense was top five to top 10. You had a couple of really good receivers. Pretty good, right? And they scraped by in a playoff win there and then got smoked in the divisional round. So based on that, you would think the Vikings would need a much, you know, a, a top five at the least roster in the league to win a playoff game. 
with Kirk Cousins at quarterback. And you would need a head coach that is much better at game management and elevating the players and the scheme that he has than Zimmer was. O'Connell might be that coach, but this roster, I think we could confidently say is not that roster right now. So I don't know. And we can talk about the other free agents that are signed or that will be signed, but it just, nothing is, is, is tickling my fancy right now about the soft season. I'm not sold on anything. It doesn't seem like much is changing. It's just, uh, I, we're really, really putting all the eggs. Like I, when I say we, I mean, the Vikings and the ownership are putting all of their eggs into the Quasin O'Connell basket saying, I want you guys to make magic because that's basically what it's going to take for me to believe in this team is those two guys being straight up magical, like supernatural to take this team and make them a contender. So if you're going to use the Matthew Stafford argument, right, which is the one that I see tossed around the most frequently and honestly has the most timely relevance because of what he did last season with the Los Angeles Rams, you also have to factor in what he had around him, right? We have maybe the best defensive tackle of all time on that roster. Okay. For starters. So that's your pass rush. And you've got a top two, three people are going to disregard the statement after his performance in the Super Bowl, but top two or three cornerback in the NFL, probably number one in Jalen Ramsey. I mean, you've got everything at every single level. You got Cooper cup who just had the most historic season, statistically speaking as a wide receiver. I mean, they didn't have a running back. I guess you can, say that he didn't have that piece of the puzzle but they literally had everything else like that was one of the most well-constructed roster in terms of overall star power and they didn't get hurt so their depth didn't matter so are the vikings going to get that i mean you got a superstar in justin jefferson i'm ready to go there i think most of us are right you got a superstar in dalvin cook if he can stay healthy i don't see him playing more than like 12 games in a 17 game season though i mean let's just be real here that's just kind of what it's been like his entire career You've got Adam Thielen, who's aging, still a very good player. I'm not going to put him in the superstar category, but very good. But then you go to the defensive side, and this is where the Vikings have been spending their money in free agency because this is what I'm saying. Everything about Kirk Cousins ultimately bleeds into the rest of the roster, right? He is literally everything right now because as a result of his contract, as a result of the situation that he has along with Dalvin Cook, Mm -hmm. uh, Harrison Smith, Eric Kendricks, Daniil Hunter, et cetera, as a result of all those things – which are all question marks, by the way. You don't have any money to spend. You got nothing to build that defense around you. You're starting Cam Dantzler and Chris Boyd on the outside right now with Patrick Peterson being a free agent, Mackenzie Alexander also a free agent. That means that at the absolute worst, you're starting one rookie at corner this year at the absolute worst because Chris Boyd is not a starter in the NFL. Love the guy. He's not hate, hey, at this rate, he might be a starter <laughs> because he might be starting. That's the point. So now you go off the street now and you sign Harrison Phillips, who is a nice player, by the way. I do really like Harrison Phillips, and I think that he's kind of getting slaughtered by Vikings fans because of what the Vikings didn't do so far in free agency and really can't do at this point. Um it's not his fault that he's no, not Michael Pierce this, or that he's not a superstar. this is exactly what Rick Spielman always did. Like that, right. that's why I think it's not nothing's changed. They you, you, Vikings maybe according to the reports show interest in the big name free agents, but nothing ever happens. And then they get the the B or C level guy at that position that's in free agency. That's why Phillips is that nose tackle. Vikings had to send uh, you know Michael Pierce out to free agency because they couldn't afford him, so they kind of get the next next best guy essentially at a cheaper rate and kind of the same thing happening now with Hicks. And it's just, I mean, 
I, I, it doesn't seem like much is different. It really doesn't. And here's the thing. A, maybe Spielman, it's actually, that's how you do the general manager position. Like that's maybe that's the best practice. And it is all on, on Zimmer to be a better coach. I mean, that, that these things are all possibilities. It's just, I, the operation is very similar right now uh, to the past four years. And in that span, the Vikings didn't accomplish anything. So why should I expect anything different right now? Here's my other thing. And I think this honestly is my strongest argument for why Kirk Cousins should have either been released, not not released. Kirk Cousins said it should either been either have been traded or signed to like a five year extension and not somewhere in the middle. I think this is really my strongest argument. And that's that the Vikings are about to set forth on a path to moving into a three, four defense with a nickel being kind of your base package. But essentially, you're going to be mm-hmm. using a three, four look. The Vikings haven't done that, folks. They've been a 4-3 for as long as I can remember. And their personnel reflects that, right? Do you think that Daniil Hunter is going to be a 3-4 defensive end this year, coming off of two massive injuries and then essentially switching positions? He's either going to be a 3-4 defensive end or a 3-4 linebacker. I think it's more likely that he's a linebacker, but those are, the, those are your two options right now, okay? And you got Dalvin Tomlinson. Just played in a 4-3 system as well. He's going to have to naturally progress himself into being a true zero technique at nose tackle alongside Harrison Smith, Harrison Phillips. One of those two guys between Dalvin Tomlinson and Harrison Phillips, one of those guys is going to have to play zero and one's going to have to play five. Neither of those guys, like that's an uncomfortable They're, environment yeah. for both of those guys. One of those dudes is going to have to do something they don't like. Okay. Now at the linebacker le- level, Eric Kendricks has been a stay-at-home coverage middle linebacker his entire NFL career, his entire career at UCLA. He's never played the position before where he's been asked to play inside left or inside right in a 3-4 defense. He's also never been asked – well, to some degree, he's been asked to run in a 4-2-5 alignment, so he will have ability in there. But there's something to be said for the fact that this guy has limited experience – And he's your most valuable asset right now because he's healthy. Whereas Harrison Smith, of course, extremely valuable asset. You can do a lot of different things with him. Coming down from the safety position in a 3-4 look is a much different situation. Okay, that's that's great. But your most valuable assets, Daniel Hunter and Eric Kendricks on defense in terms of youth, in terms of overall progress and over in terms of overall expected output. They don't know what they're doing. This is completely new to them. So you're telling me that the one year you're going to give your quarterback a shot to prove that he could be a Super Bowl caliber contender is going to be the same year that you're going to remake this defense and expect everything to click like that. Get out of here. You got to be crazy. You're, you got to be crazy. Honestly, it's nice. out of your mind. <laughs> if you think that this three, four is just going to come together, no problem. And at the same time, you're going to get a 500 quarterback who's been 500 literally on the dot through 10 full seasons. It's going to magically turn into a 13 and four guy and then make a run in the postseason while your defense is trying to figure it out. No, no. Like, come on. Like who's, are you guys really like, no one's telling me that I, I, I'm not believe I'm not taking anyone seriously with that garbage. Like that's just, that's too much to ask. That's way too much to ask. And Ed Donatel's, a, Ed Donatel's a great coach. I think that Kevin O'Connell has great potential but you're asking a lot of first year dudes to be magic on all sides of the ball. You're only you're asking be- for a lot of magic straight up. Yes, like like yes. your defensive personnel learning everything brand new. And these are your stars, by the way, that have learned how to play defense one way from Mike Zimmer and exactly. say what you want about the relationship side of Zimmer and his, and you know, the, the, 
the way he executed and coached down the stretch of his tenure with the Vikings. Sure. But clearly there was a program installed that he followed and taught religiously for seven, eight years, whatever his tenure was. And yep. now every one of those players, and there's not a bunch of them that have been there that long, but the guys that you trust as leaders, Smith, Kendricks, Hunter, maybe Anthony Barr's back. I don't know. But those guys to come back uh, in this totally different, they've never learned a new defense. You know, that's the no. kind of the flip side of Kirk Cousins in the offense. They've had a new offensive coordinator every freaking year. So defense they get has it. has been the damn same. Yeah. So they got to, there's so much, like you said, there's a lot of magic that's required for this, this whole thing to work out. And it's, it's got to click in one year, folks. Just because one, because that's the this is, extension. You're banking on this year and trying to stay relevant, right? Stay right. Con, stay competitive. And so you're shoving Kirk Cousins' money down the road, just waiting and, and kicking it the can down the road forever and ever. So now you set yourself up with what is he getting? I think 70 million or something in two years. Uh, but there's additional void years at the end. Uh, so that some of the some of his, you know, his cap hit is actually pushed out into years where he's not going to be on the team is my understanding. So this better work is I, I mean, it better work to, to, because this is a very risky move and Kirk and his agent, I respect them because they know how to squeeze the absolute most amount of money out of teams. Yes. And they, are, they are, Hall of Famer. they are fleecing the Vikings every two years right now. And I, as a fan of the team, I don't love it. Uh, it took me a couple of times to figure out how bad this was and how much they're fleecing, but my goodness, congratulations, Kirk. That's how you make $230 million in an NFL career. And your career record as a starter is 59 and 59. And I imagine he'll get at least one or two more paydays like this in the future. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, ultimately it's not all Kirk cousins, but it starts and ends with Kirk Cousins, and there's a lot of things that have to happen perfectly around him in order for Kirk Cousins to, quote, be Kirk Cousins. Because I know we're going to have this conversation next year, right? I'm having this rant. And the year after, yep. Right, (laughs) right. I'm having this rant on March 16th, 2022. If you guys, if someone comes to me on March 16th, 2023, and tells me, oh, the defense didn't gel well enough. Kirk Cousins needs another year because the defense wasn't ready to go. That's going to happen. Oh, I'm going to lose my mind. I'm going to absolutely lose my mind because I told you this is what this is what's going to happen. You need the two options for Kirk, and I don't I don't love either of them. But the two options were four to five year extension, where you know he's going to be the guy for this the duration of this regime, and you guys put your eggs in his basket. Okay, that's your call. You're the GM. You're the head coach. You you know more than me, right? That's what you guys love to say on Twitter, right? They know more than I do. Okay, all right. You either do that. Or you ship them off and you start from scratch. Those are your two options. You don't kick the can down the road. If you kick the can down the road, all of a sudden you, you put expectations on yourself. Because now you need guys you like need Harrison to Phillips. Win now. Harrison Phillips needs to be an all pro. Right. You need Jordan Hicks to be a you know upper echelon cover linebacker now. Yes. And these are guys that are getting, you know, these are borderline starters right now. I mean, like well, Hicks, Hicks for sure. I mean. Phillips is definitely a starting caliber player, but uh, you're asking these guys again in a new defense to become elite players, because clearly what is happening as everybody will tell you, uh, if you go on to Twitter is that, Oh, Kirk cousins doesn't get enough from his defense. Doesn't get enough from his offensive line. All right. Then why would you expect things to be better? If the whole game plan, the whole philosophy is changing and your star players, your leaders, who had known what they were doing in the past 
don't know anymore what they're doing. And that's, and this isn't to say they won't know what they're doing by game time, but I imagine it's a pretty stark difference in learning curve after playing with a specific scheme for your entire career, which is up to 10 years for some of these guys, Harrison Smith. Now you get to something completely different. I, that's a whole, that's a whole angle to this. I didn't even consider until you brought it up. So uh, yeah. You think I, about the Vikings, by the way, had an opportunity to, to fix this type of situation, by the way. And that blew by them as well. Right. Like Daniil Hunter. I, okay. Do I think he can be a stand-up linebacker and a pass rusher in the NFL? Yeah, I do. That's not. I'm not saying he can't do that, guys. Like I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that he's never done it before, and it's going to take a level of learning that's probably going to hurt the Vikings in terms of overall wins because he's your number one pass rusher, and he's probably your most talented overall defensive player right now. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Now you had the opportunity to get rid of him and move in a direction where to get a guy like Zadarius Smith, for example, who loves Mike Smith, who's going to be on the Vikings defensive coaching staff. And you let him go to the, you let him go to the Ravens for a 9 million average annual value because he couldn't afford him as a result of the Kirk Cousins extension. What? Like, like I know that they, I know they got 14 mil back for the Kirk Cousins deal. I know that, but everything else around him doesn't work. No one else is. Do you expect the Vikings players to walk up to Quasi like, "Hey, I'd love to give you some of my money, my money back"? That's what I want to do. That's the thing. That's the thing with Kirk too. It's like he's not, he's not giving back any money. He's not giving back any money. He's getting it from his team. He's gonna get this money. He's he's gonna get it at some point. Yeah, I'm mad at no, no, and I'm never gonna be mad at like. I don't, and that's the thing I saw today too. On on on, uh, I saw somebody tweet this. I can't remember, but. Uh, who it was. And if you happen to be listening to the show, please let me know if it was you, but um, it's like, and uh, this is going to, it sounds like we're hating on Kirk cousins, you know, the term hating on Kirk cousins. That's not what we're doing. And in a lot of ways, I think he's underappreciated because I think pocket passing, he's top five in the league pinpoint accuracy when he has a clean pocket, there's few, few quarterbacks better than him. Right. Uh, and so, and even a couple years ago, you know, I think 2019, there was a stretch there where I, was one of the few people that was like, this guy should be the MVP race because of the yeah. wins he was accumulating that that stretch in October there where he was lights out, right? He has stretches of straight up elite play. But like it's not it's I'm over it now. I'm over it. That's where I'm at. Like I was I was in support of the signing when the Vikings brought him in. I thought it was the the right move. You had to take that swing there. You're a team coming off an NFC championship berth. That's the move to make. We're four years in now. The results have been disappointing. The experiment hasn't worked. And I think very clearly you can assess, assess how things have gone and cut bait. And there'd be no hard feelings. I've enjoyed watching him play quarterback. I, I love him as a dude. He's a little corny sometimes, but that's okay. Uh, it's been, it's, go. it's been good. It just no Super Bowls. I, I don't see anything changing in the near future is I'm over it. That's where I stand. And that's where I think a lot of people stand I, for whatever reason, the, the franchise continues to stick with it. And when it's, December 29th and the Vikings are sitting at eight and eight needing a win to like have a 4% chance to get in, you know, that's where we're, this is exactly where we're going to be. You know, they're going to exactly the scenario the Vikings are going to be in here. Uh, in, what is it now? Seven months. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's going to be an interesting year. There's going to mean that you need a lot of magic, right? That's uh, ultimately what it comes down to. So Let's talk. Let's spend a little bit of time here on Jordan Hicks and Harrison Phillips specifically, because if we weren't so focused on everything surrounding Kirk Cousins and just the the, the, the general 
construction of this roster right now, I think that we would spend more time focusing on what makes these two players nice, right? Like yeah. first and foremost, Harrison Phillips is a good quality player. Is he potentially just a two down player? Maybe. But in a 3-4 defense, if you're going to line up in the 3-4, I don't know. I, I'm under the impression that 3-4 technically is not your base, right? Technically, the nickel package in is today's going to NFL, be Probably not. Probably not, right? So then that would make him, if you're if he's a nickel, right? If he's going to be playing nickel nose tackle in a nickel defense, then technically he's a two-down player, okay? If it's a 3-4 base and you're running, you know, 3-4 package, three downs at a time, which, I again, I do not foresee in this NFL, really in any NFL beyond, like, 2015, then he could be a three-down player. So it's interesting to put significant value on a player like that who is a tremendous run stuffer, by the way. He's going to be a winner on on down one and down two, but down three is your money down, so why would you put all of your cap space that you have available to you in that position. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's that all being said, he's a nice player. Yeah. Bills are pissed that they lost him, right? Their fans are pissed. You know, the their executives have, t- have spoken out about it. And this guy is an absolute mauler as a run stuffer. And he's very, very smart coming from Stanford as well. He can be great. But the problem is, is that the money that he's being paid roughly six mil. And that's all you got. That's all the Vikings had available right. to him, basically. And they I mean, had they, to give they it to would this still guy have Michael dollars. Pierce if I think they could like that. They would prefer to still have Michael Pierce. I'm sure they and would play him. So and that's the role he's going to fill. I mean, he's going to fulfill that role probably at slightly lesser level than Pierce would. That's pretty much what we're going to see here. And then it's going to be like you mentioned before to that dynamic between he and Tomlinson, uh, you know, with whether it's in the three, four, whether it is in nickel, whatever the case might be. You have two guys that can stuff the run, but as we've noted, we we noted several times over the last year now since the Vikings brought in Tomlinson and also had Pierce, right? Where it's like, you know, you have two more or less nose tackles um, in a in a league where you're going to have Aaron Rodgers twice a year throwing the ball all over the place. Um, you're going right. to have, you know, that's that's what the NFL is now. You're playing elite quarterback after elite quarterback or teams that are airing the ball out running the ball is less and less important. So, I mean, yeah, really good player. I, I like the, and I, again, we're still new to the scheme fit situation. And cause we knew there was nuances with Zimmer's four or three that right. were important. Like, you know, I think nose tackle in his scheme was a little bit more important than, than others. It which frees is why up Lin- that three technical, which bit is, more. yeah. Which is why Linval Joseph was so key for all those years mm-hmm. and why they transitioned then to trying to have Michael Pierce over the last two years. And so, you know, there's still some things we're uncertain about there, but yeah, Phillips is a nice player. I think the value itself is good, but it's just like, you obviously wish you had more money to, to play with. Yeah. If, if, if you had Harrison Phillips and then 20 million more available to you to spend in the free agency, big, huge, much different cool. story here. The, the, this, the, the, the news surrounding this man's name would be focused more on the Walter Payton nominee, right? Um, the great teammate, the mm-hmm. run stuffing mauler, um, just the overall great character. I mean, if you watch his film, I've seen, I have, I've not, you know, gone deep into his film. I'm aware of this player because I remember when we actually did draft profiles on Harrison Phillips, what was that like three, four years ago now? Um, I, I'm familiar with his playing style. It's a read and react style of play where he's not necessarily the most athletic guy that you're ever going to see, but he's very, very smart. And it's not just the Stanford thing. Like it's a football IQ thing too, right? Um, it's not book smart. It's field smart too. He, he has a very strong understanding and you can see it 
in just short clips. Like if you watch 10 clips of this dude playing run defense, you can see him quite literally move the guy in front of him the way that he wants in putting himself into a position where he can get negative yard tackles and fall forward as opposed to backwards because he's a meat. He's a big boy too, on top of being extremely smart. So if you had more money available to you, the signing looks a lot better, but you don't. And that's why there's the negative connotations surrounding the signing. It's because, well, what else are you going to do now? Well, the other thing that you're going to do is sign Jordan Hicks, who, by the way, I do like this signing. This one I'm a big fan of. I don't understand why Jordan Hicks, who comes from Texas, by the way, has been around now his third NFL team. And I believe he's in his fifth year of a pro. I'm doing this off the top of my head right now. But he was on the Eagles initially. He got traded, of course. He goes to the Arizona Cardinals, plays a mm-hmm. completely different role. And now he comes to your Minnesota Vikings. In those two different teams that he's played for, both the Eagles and the Cardinals, he's been asked to do different things. With the Eagles, he was a tremendous coverage linebacker. If you remember, I want to say three or four years ago, he had like a game-sealing goal line interception that vaulted the Eagles into the playoffs, where he was a tremendous cover guy. Last year, when he was in Arizona playing in their 3-4 defense, which, by the way, good signing in that regard as well, because it's a guy that's going to understand his role within the Vikings defense coming from Arizona, he was asked to be more of a pass rusher. And if you look at his if you look at his efficiency numbers in that regard, very good. Now the question with him is more athleticism traits. Doesn't have the you know the quick hips. The doesn't open up, as people like to say. Right? There are questions in that regard. But in terms of like the overall skill set within a three four defense is very good. Yeah. And in 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 comparison with the contract and the relative value that he was acquired at, that's a tremendous signing. That's mm-hmm. excellent. But that's like a great day two, day three signing. You needed to have something in addition yeah. to them. If you get a, if you get Zadarius Smith for your front lines, then you bring in Jordan Hicks and you have Harrison Phillips as kind of your, your third tier signing. That's not a bad free agency, especially working with the cap room that you did, but you didn't get Zadarius Smith and you missed out on Chandler Jones, which I didn't think they had a chance at anyways, by the way, but you missed out on some of these guys that could really help you out in your new three, four look. And now you're stuck trying to mold guys who aren't what we, I mean, maybe they are, but I don't think they're three, four guys. You're trying to mold them into that, that style of play that they haven't done in forever at the very least. And you're asking them to do too much. And that just simply devalues everything that the Vikings have done so far. Paris and Phillips, nice player. Jordan Hicks, love the value. Also love the player. I just don't think it's going to be a difference maker. None of it matters to me because of everything else that's going on around. Right. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing is, and maybe we're maybe we'll be wrong about this. Maybe I would love to these, be. these two guys turn into just world beaters. And again, like I mentioned, I mean, if they become, you know, elite, you know, like Pro Bowl type players uh, this season, that maybe changes things, right? That's then we have a different conversation, and maybe that's maybe the Vikings are a competitive team. But I agree with everything you said about Hicks. I do remember. You know, very vividly kind of looking through, you know, pro football focus grades and stuff over the years. And Hicks has always been ranked pretty high there in terms of coverage. Um, when he's had the opportunity there, he's always been great uh, reading plays, instinctual. So, again, I, I, I like the potential pairing of he and Kendricks there as kind of um, that the, the, those inside three, four yeah. linebackers. I think that could be a really nice duo. Obviously, once Kendricks is up to speed on things. But I, I again, that, that's a really good that's a really good move. Um 
But, you know, again, I think as of now, the Vikings are like right up against the cap. So I'm sure we're going to be, and I'm totally expecting it right as we are done recording, there'll be, you know, uh, some news on Thielen's area structure or yeah. Daniil Hunter, you know, what his future looks like, or maybe Harrison Smith or whatever, that these guys will see something that, because that has to be the case. I mean, you got draft picks to to sign, you got moves to make one of these bigger contracts, maybe it's Dalvin, you know, you, you got to move some money, some more money around yet, which again is another sign of, you know, the elephant in the room that, you know, the Kirk thing is just making it so much more difficult than it needs to be. Right. Right. And a couple things to note here with Jordan Hicks, by the way, I didn't realize this myself because he, he came into the NFL at the age of 23. He's actually been entering his a, his year 30 season. Right oh, now. Yeah. So something to consider. He has played he's a veteran player. Yeah, he's definitely a veteran player. He's played 17, 16, 16 over the last three seasons, though. Very important in terms of just having a guy that you can trust, a reliable linebacker that knows how to play within the system. That's going to be super important. So there is that. You know, this is a quality player, a quality sign. I, I, I say the same thing about Harrison Phillips as well. Quality player, quality signing. Also two very high character players as well, which... Of course, we love, you know, just as general fans, it makes them a lot easier to root for than other guys that are currently on the trading block. Um, You know, it's a situation for the Vikings where it's just you're doing some nice things, but you don't have enough to do something big to vault you into a situation that will put you in the position that you believe that you're in. It's a very long-winded sentence to say the Vikings are not Super Bowl contenders as a result of these signings. It's These little signings are what you do when you've already got a Super Bowl caliber roster, and unfortunately, I don't believe the Vikings have that. I'm, I'm, I, that's They're not even close. You're not going to change my mind on that. I'm sorry. Like Maybe they sneak into the playoffs if Aaron Rodgers gets hurt. I don't think you win the North. I don't think you have a competitive enough roster to win the North right now. But like, even if... if- if if the Packers don't have Rodgers or whatever, like that's the that's the whole other issue with this. It's like Rodgers is back. They're gonna run the North. I mean, whether you like it or not, they're gonna run the North. Yeah. And this was the time to rebuild. So then when the Packers are dealing with the aftermath of their massive contract that they just shelled out to Rodgers where he's getting 60 some million a year or whatever it is, that's when the Vikings should be pouncing. Right. Um, but now we're not that's not what the Vikings are interested in, I guess. So Something to be said here before we get into the kind of the wrap up of this episode is that all of this, all this conversation precludes the rest of free agency, right? This is to say that to date, the Vikings are not approaching free agency in a way that I would want, right? There are some big names out there. There are some things that you can still do. If you're able to somehow free a significant amount of cap space and get something big, yeah, maybe you're more in contention to win the NFC North. I don't think there's anything that Quasi or Kevin O'Connell can do this year to vault the Vikings into championship contender status. That's where I'm at for sure. Yeah. But I do think they can do something else to put them in a position for down the road to be a little bit better, potentially get there eventually, which again, as a fan, as a Vikings fan, kind of feels like every year. But, you know, there's still time. And there is something to be said for the folks that are saying, hey, it's been like a week, man, like chill out. Like it's just a cut. Like they just have an approach free agency the way that you would want them to. Yeah, it looks a little bit like Rick and Zim. Okay, cool. Like you don't know anything. You 
you're not as smart as Quasi and Kevin O'Connell. I yeah, I know all that stuff. I got it. I understand that, but it looks a lot like the same old thing. Sorry, looks very similar to me. Kind and of if it keeps me. staying that way, then I think my my That's perspective my on my perspective keeps, on ownership is going to be. I'm gonna I'm gonna think that's more of a real thing. Yep. If it keeps staying the course that we're on right now, it's gonna be a problem for me. There's still time. You still got the draft. You still got plenty that you're able to do if you're able to restructure a couple of these guys, convert some signing bonuses, do all that fun jargon that Rob Brzezinski does best. There's still time. But the course does not look great right now. That's kind of the overall messaging here is that you're not gonna be good enough to win a Super Bowl this year. And as a result, you are also kicking the can down the road with regard to rebuild, with regard to getting to a position where you can, in fact, win a Super Bowl. So with all that being said, is there anything that we missed here today that you want to make note out of? I know the Vikings did bring in a new tight end, and I know that they did resign the punter as well. Yeah, they resigned the punter. Vikings had the highest three and out rate last year. So uh, you need that guy around. Um, Otherwise, not really. uh, Just once again, April 29th. Uh, 530 to 10, like monster brewing come join for the fun. Uh, it should be a blast, especially if the Vikings actually, uh, make some intriguing draft picks, you know, that'd be even more fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. Lake monster brewing climb in the pocket, April 29th, 530 PM is when that starts. Uh, thank you folks for joining us here on today's show. iTunes, stitchers, Google play, Spotify, wherever else you listen to your podcast. That's where you can find us. Uh, make sure to cl- check out the rest of the Climbing the Pocket Network. Um, you'll be hearing a lot about Lake Monster Brewing uh, because the guys and the, the rest of our team are uh, doing podcasts throughout the week as well. They have a little bit, you know, their analysis is always going to be slightly different. Um, if you don't like what, our, you know, what we have to say about what the Vikings have done in free agency, there might be someone else on our team that you do. So make sure to check out the rest of those shows. Um, those are all available on Climbing the Pocket and Daily Norseman for all of your written content as well. Um, you can find us on YouTube, too, if you prefer watching this on video. Again, I'm not doing anything special in terms of effects or anything like that. So probably just do the audio version. But if you want to do YouTube, it is available there as well. So with all that being said, thank you, folks, for listening. And we'll catch you next week.